0: Ahoy and welcome to the Sea Captain Way podcast with Phil Bender and Greg Patton,
1: where we help listeners navigate the uncharted waters, personal and
0: professional growth.
1: The Sea Captain Way is about energizing top performers to take on risks and push beyond their comfort zone to pursue life-changing goals and achieve peak performance.
0: We're going to help you build your vision by showing you how to break free of boundaries that are holding you back.
1: All right. So Phil, you recently gave a presentation to a local university athletic department about how to achieve and sustain peak performance as part of a team. Through your coaching and professional development training, you help your clients take their businesses to the next level by sharing the best practices you've learned during a successful 30-year career to help drive peak performance. What were some of the topics you touched on during your presentation? Well, first of all, it it was a wonderful experience to
0: To share with an athletics department about 250 folks, and it was a neat experience. And you know, the first step in the whole process was getting to know your audience. So my, you know, in a college scenario, my first question was, uh, "How did you do your term paper in college?" Uh Uh, Which is a go. Well, it's a go-to question for me to figure out who I'm coaching because there are two types of people. First are the people who plan out the term paper. You know, they plan it out. They do a little bit every day. They get to a point where it's uh, ready to go, and maybe they put it away for a while, and then they then they eventually turn it in. And that's then there's the, the group that does, yep. <laughs> and then there's a group <laughs> that does it the night before, and they're always embarrassed about the fact they do it the night before, but they don't realize that that's really their behavior, especially mm-hmm. when they were in college. And so peak performance for that group is different than peak performance for the first group. And so. What I end up finding is people raising their hand in the audience, almost a little embarrassed about doing it the night before. I think one person actually said that he had his uh, girlfriend do it for him, which he was not proud of. But the, uh, but the important piece here is who are you coaching? It starts with the person, their behaviors, their wiring, if you will. Mm-hmm. And then we can start to talk about peak performance. And mm-hmm. so the second question is always, when was a time in your life when you were operating at peak, Mm -hmm. where everything was going your way, everything you touched turned to gold. Mm -hmm. What did that look like? How did it feel? How long did it last? Mm -hmm. And so that reflection, usually people end up going back to, interestingly enough, high school. Mm -hmm. Maybe there was a time early in their career. But they don't often use peak performance when they talk about recent memory. And so that's a discussion that we have as a group to talk about why not last year? Why not in the last five years? What is in the way? Mm-hmm. So that's, a, that's the part of the conversation that we start on and we
1: work through during that time together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I get, you know, the last minute, you know, the kind of, not to say adrenaline junkie, but you need sometimes that motivation of the deadline to get things done. So you and I have worked together developing your training curriculum. And I know that some of your clients experience success early in their career, and then they seem to like hit a plateau in their performance. So what do you think are some of the reasons and dynamics for why this peak performance ends And how do you coach your clients to regain and sustain their momentum? Well, that's a good question. And, you know, why does peak performance end? Well,
0: in one case could be mastery. They actually just have done it and they've done it well for a period of time. And they know that, you know what? I'm good. Mm -hmm. Um, The second one is usually around um, distraction. In other words, they get distracted with the situation that, uh, is currently at hand. Possibly, they something in their life changes. Could be having children. It could be a new responsibility in the workplace. It could be the fact that uh, going back to high school that your senior season ends. So all this peak performance. There's a lot of reasons that you can get distracted. The key thing is how do you sustain that peak performance? And that's a that can be a challenge. Okay, here's another big reason: is you've gotten comfortable. Comfortable in the new space and really unwilling to take the risk necessary to go to the next level. What is that one degree shift as we talk about that you're now prepared to take? Maybe it scares you a little bit and therefore you turn away from it instead of pushing yourself to that next level, that next stage.
1: All right. So, another core tenet of your coaching practice is that you advise your clients to design their environment so they have to perform. For you, I know this means keeping a very busy schedule of meetings scheduled back to back throughout the week. I also know from experience here, you will work in the weekend when it's necessary. Can you share some insights on why you advise your clients to do this and how you think this helps elevate their performance? Well, the working weekend piece is not for everybody, but I do have a tendency to
0: like to do think time project work during that period. And I'm also mm-hmm. at stage now where my kids are older. Mm -hmm. And I'm not coaching or doing things like that. But the biggest issue gets back to that first question, okay, that first question around how you're wired. Mm -hmm. So I know that peak performance for me, because of how I'm wired, I have to design an environment where people count on me. And when people count on me, I deliver. You need me, I will be there. I -hmm. will do what it takes. I will be on time. I will get it done. But if it's just up to me and my own discipline, not necessarily the case. So for all people, there are filters that they put everything they do through. So for example, I use this example called running wind sprints. Mm -hmm. If I'm disciplined in my day, I run the wind sprints without any coaches around, any other players. I run them because I'm disciplined. If I'm responsible, I run the wind sprints because the coach made me the captain of the team. In other words, everybody's looking at me as a leader. Mm -hmm. If I'm accountable means I'm not running the wind sprints unless there are people around that are holding me to another standard. Mm -hmm. So every decision that's made in your week, in your day, in your quarter, all revolve around that, those three filters. Okay. So for example, I am disciplined. One of my disciplines Is It's like a superpower is being on time and being present, being prepared. I hate when I'm unprepared and I hate when I'm not on time. And that goes back to when I was a kid and I used to drive with my dad to baseball practice and I was a catcher and I would forget my cup. Okay, so (laughs) I'm going to get graphic here with you for a second. And he would yell at me all the way home. I can't believe you forgot this. And then he would yell at me all the way to practice because we were going to be late. Mm -hmm. And I never forgot it. So being on time, being prepared 30 minutes early, ready to go is a big thing for me. That's a discipline. Okay. Outside of that discipline, Greg, there isn't much else. (laughs) Okay. So everything else has to be structured in my week in a calendar so that I set myself up to be present, to win, to deliver.
1: Yeah. So you're in Rhode Island and I'm in St. Louis, so I can't check, but are you wearing your cup now? <laughs> yeah, I know you've. Re- I do have my Yeti. So maybe that qualifies. That'll work. Yeah. So I know we both subscribe to the philosophy that what gets measured gets done. And as part of this, it's important to ensure that you're tracking and measuring the right metrics, you know, like personal and professional goals. Performance achieved results. You've developed a pro- proprietary diagnostic tool that you use with your clients. Can you explain what it is and why it is effective for maintaining peak performance? Well, the beauty of the
0: c captain work, the stuff that, quite frankly, over 30 years I've understood, worked through, and now put together is I was taught very early on about structure and that structure is freedom. And so following a business model, following it to the letter uh to a point where i got to a certain level then starting to take risk but always measuring the details around it and so now what i've done is just take that and make it universally approachable for lack of a better term by a number of different industries a number of uh different whether you're in sales whether you're in an executive leadership position mm-hmm. to fundamentally use this one page plan that also includes very clearly defined metrics that you choose to measure and then stay on top of them. Mm-hmm. So the second part of this is the frequency. In other words, you go to a lot of seminars and you you get there and they give you something to use, but there's never any consistent follow through on it. So after 60 90 days, you go back to your pattern familiar or what you're used to. Mm-hmm. And so what what we do is we just make sure that that coaching is there to continue to keep you centered, keep mm-hmm. you focused on the task at hand, designing your environment to succeed, and then what we found is gaining
1: significant results. In many cases, doubling production. Mm-hmm. Structure is freedom. I like it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I have a friend. Her parenting style. She says there is no joy without discipline. If yeah. your kids get to do what they want all the time, you know, then they're, when they, they do get to let loose, then, you know, they appreciate it more. Yep. Um, so in your workshops, you cover the fact that there are two distinct types of vision, personal and organizational vision. How do you coach your clients and their team members to take responsibility for pursuing the organization's vision along with their own? Well, they're really two different things mm-hmm. and, you know, an organization can
0: have a vision and i done this wrong. I've done, I I did it right. I did it wrong. I did it right. I did it wrong. I did it right. Okay. In other words, I've had visions that were, I thought were compelling, but because I didn't incorporate or include the visions of others, Mm. it didn't stick. I've had other times where I've really worked hard on incorporating what everybody wanted and put it together and it, and it didn't stick. But a vision is really up to the leader. But Mm -hmm. it's, can the people in the organization achieve their vision through your vision? Do they see the ability to do that? And Mm -hmm. when they do, that's where it becomes compelling. And that's the piece that I work on with the organizations is, can the team that's around you can complete their vision within yours? Mm -hmm. And when they do, they have no reason to ever go anywhere except up. And so that's really a big part of the initial discussion around uh, vision planning and that mm-hmm. I want to know with everybody on my team, I want to know what that vision is for you. It could be paying off a credit card this year. <laughs> it could be buying a home. It could be getting your degree or getting an advanced degree or a credential as, uh, credential. So the more I know two or three things that you're trying to complete in your vision, the more I can reinforce that. It shows I'm
1: present. It shows I'm in touch. And it shows that I'm rooting for them. Mm-hmm. I remember your, that credit card story. That was a, a great one and a, a very deft touch on your part, I thought. So as people evolve into leadership roles, you say it's crucial to have a plan in place for the growth and development of team members. This includes priorities for performance and the steps necessary to excel in the organization. What should be included in a, a growth plan? Well, in,
0: in the diagnostic, we've done just a ton of research here. It, it all starts with what is the goal orientation, but more importantly, even before that, the vision, mission, okay, core mm-hmm. values. You Mm -hmm. hear me talk about core values all the time. And then how are we going to apply those things into a design statement that we like to measure quarterly because we have a CEO mindset we take people through. Mm -hmm. Quarterly, quarterly, quarterly. Can't win every day. Don't necessarily win every month, but you can win every quarter. So how do you get to that scenario? And that design statement is if I do X, I will get Y. And when I get Y, then I will celebrate with Z, almost like it's algebraic, okay? Mm -hmm, When mm -hmm. I do X, I will get Y, and when I do Y, I will celebrate with Z. So that piece is there. We talk about health regimen, especially in performance. How sharp are you as you're trying to complete your quarterly objective? Then we go into, a little further, we go into who are we trying to, what are the clients we're trying to develop, what level? How often are we, are we asking for that type of client? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then we go into metrics that are unique for each industry. Mm-hmm. And then we go through, finally, we start to uh, measure those metrics and put them together in a plan. So over a year, over a quarter, over a year, over three years, you can start to see the lift that you're mm-hmm. looking for. Mm-hmm. Always finally, I'll add this, paying attention to what is working for you strategically and what is in your way mm-hmm. so that we troubleshoot. Mm-hmm. So our coaches are all well-versed on these, on these strategies, but it all yep. starts with core values, vision, mission.
1: Yep. That's awesome. So yeah, a final yeah. thing that I I'll share on cause we're, we're talking about peak performance was I just, I always thought this was interesting. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of a book called eating the big fish by mm-hmm. um Adam Morgan and it's about um a lot of it is about startups and entrepreneurs and he was um part of the book he he says uh you know to to achieve peak performance to stay competitive you you not only need to commit you need to sometimes overcommit and go all in and the example that he gave was uh if you're a, a black belt and you're uh, going to try to put your hand through a brick. He said, You don't, they don't aim at the surface of the brick. They aim two feet below the brick. So he was, you know, kind of made the analogy of you need to, you know, go all in and, you know, commit yourself to the task at hand. And I, I thought that was just an interesting mindset shift. So um, I guess we're wrapping it. Thanks again for sharing all of your, uh, your tips on peak performance. And next time I'll um, I'll bring a brick, and one of us can hold it, and the other <laughs> one can either put their hand or their head through it, depending on who's feeling better that day. So thanks again, Phil. Yeah, you bet, buddy. And and it's it's a good check in. Again, this peak performance piece is
0: is a tough one because of yeah. the longevity, because of the distractions, because of our fears. And so we could have done a full, well, and do a full seminars on this. So, uh, it's good today just to get a little piece of, uh, what this is about. Uh, and I wish you all well in your endeavors and win your quarter. We'll talk soon. Thanks for joining us for this edition of the sea captain way podcast. If you found the conversation
1: valuable, please like share and post a review on your favorite podcast app. To learn more about Sea Captain Coaching and how you can start taking advantage of our purpose-driven coaching guidance, visit us at seacaptaincoaching.com and get the Sea Captain view on navigating unchartered waters of growth. The link is in the show notes. You can also follow us at Sea Captain Coaching on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Wishing you fair winds and a following sea on your journey.